Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor with Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Kendrick Johnson, sports editor for the McKinney Courier Gazette, as well as Brian Murphy, sports editor for the uh, Frisco Enterprise, Little Elm Journal, and Salina Record. And gentlemen, we're here to talk some more year in review. We are halfway through our year in review series, looking back on the 2017-18 athletics year for all 14 of our markets. Uh, we've got seven markets in the tank, so if you haven't already, you can check out podcasts as we go year in review for Plano, Rowlett, Mesquite, Lake Cities, Carrollton, The Colony, and Little Elm. We've already got those taken care of. Um, hope you give those a listen. So uh, we got three more we're going to knock out today. Uh, three more. A couple of few of our bigger markets. Uh, we're going to focus on Frisco, McKinney, and Allen, all three of which had some uh, some pretty big happenings throughout the, uh, the previous school year. So, uh, yeah, Brian, let's start with you and just uh, everything. I mean, Frisco ISD, I mean, they it just... Where do, you, where do you even begin with just all that Frisco ISD is able to accomplish within a given athletic year? You took the words right out of my mouth. Where do I begin? Yeah. Uh, you look at football with Frisco Lone Star. Do I yeah. look at girls basketball with Frisco Lone Star, the number three team in the state? Mm. Or do you switch it over to Wakeland, you know, the boys' baseball uh, retaining dominance? Or do you look at boys and girls' soccer? Wakeland boys' and girls' soccer teams winning the state title uh, in the same year for the mm. first time uh, since 1984? 85, 85, I think it was. Yeah, that's, I think it was somewhere around yeah. there. Uh, but, yeah, something. It's been a long time. Like before, you, before you were born. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a few years before I was born. Um, first time that had been done since Richardson did that. So that was, you know, awesome feat yeah. there. I mean, and then Wakeland Baseball, you know, they lose their entire starting roster, still win the district. I don't know how they keep doing it. Um, and then uh, let, let's see here. Uh, Frisco, Frisco Liberty Boys Basketball under first-year head coach Stephen Fryer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Shout-out to his wife, who's a coach at Boggle State McKinney North. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they won the district at 13-1. and one. They had a ni- nice little playoff run. I could see them making a deeper run. Uh, next year they had the district MVP in uh, Zion Richardson. Yeah, they built a nice little program over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very nice. Uh, girls volleyball was really intense. They had three uh, teams win at least 11 games. Reedy, uh, you know, they went the distance, uh, battled it out with uh, with Prosper in a thrilling third-round uh, matchup. And it seemed like, you know, the top Frisco team battled with Prosper in the third round of almost every playoffs. <laughs> it was so entertaining. <laughs> it happened in girls basketball with Prosper and, and Frisco Lone Star. Yeah, it happened with uh, in football with Wakeland and Prosper. Wakeland and Prosper had a nice little rivalry going. Uh, and even Wakeland boys and Prosper boys met in the first round of the, the playoffs in boys soccer because Wakeland finished fourth in their district. The defending state champions finished fourth in the district, faced Prosper, and that was an entertaining match in just the first round. So So who's pound for pound the best program in Frisco ISD? Out of every sport, you know, I I think I said it a few weeks ago, I would have to say the Frisco Lone Star girls basketball team. They were phenomenal. you know, yeah, Mallory Adams was their superstar. So you emails yeah. to Brian Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> B. Murphy at No, <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to get emails from Independence, Wakeland, yeah. Liberty. No, but they, they were just yeah. so dominant. You know, they're starting five. Like, they didn't even really have a, 
a solid bench where they you know went deep into the bench. They maybe uh, ran like seven girls Mallory, deep. Mallory Adams was Mallory Adams was, was phenomenal. Adriana Quezada. I don't want to say her last name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get messed up. You know, I remember you ran and raved about her when you saw her play uh, yeah. McKinney North or something. <laughs> and the PA system was was crappy when it comes to saying Quesadilla. Like the Quesadilla lady could play. She's going to be a senior next oh, year. Oh, so she's really going to get touches next she year. She was awesome. And she's like know, a female Charles Barkley. You get them the block, she puts yeah. in work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good comparison. So she was a really good compliment to Mallory Adams. Head coach Katie Stinton is awesome. She's very intense. You see her during the game. She is Up in and your down. face. Oh, my gosh. But they don't talk- fall in those heels either. She no, yeah, she wears the heels and she rocks it, man. <laughs> she, she, I, I saw them on twice. I'm like, man, this thing's going to fall. No, she She didn't. is legit. So shout out to Coach Stinton. Lone Star Girls, probably the, the pound-for-pound best team. After that... Maybe Wakeland girls soccer. Mm-hmm. They were pretty dominant, and that's another team that has. Hey, a you bunch. got high standards. You win a state title. You like hey, it's state title or bust. <laughs> you know. I, um, and then but but see, I would say that from what I remember from going by and talk to um, Gracie. What's Gracie? Gracie Bryan. Gracie Bryan. Mm-hmm. This year, they, their main thing was to they wanted a state title, but they wanted to get through Highland Park. Mm-hmm. Next year, I think it's going to be state or bust. It was state or bust for the boys, but for the girls, from what I recall, it was like we got to be Highland see, Park. Now next year, that next year is going to be state. The Highland Park team that people wanted to go through. You know what I mean? Like this year, it was like we got to be Highland Park. We got to be Highland Park, number one team in the country. This and that, and they beat that. They, they beat them, did that, and now they're gonna be really gunning after Wakeland girls next year because the majority of their team is coming back. Gracie Bryant, she's a TCU commit. She's awesome. Special. She's like five two. Will make you look silly, man. She's she's like messy. You know that ball really legit. And uh, and then Peyton Adams, the captain uh, defender, she's coming back, and a bunch of other girls. State too. MVP in the state tournament. Yeah, too many girls to to name. They're coming back. They have a new coach. Uh, shout out to former Little Elm head coach Jimmy Langford. He spent the last two years at Little Elm. He's making the move to Wakeland. He was an assistant coach under Sid Corey at Denton way back in the day. So some ties there. Kind of a, an obvious choice to bring. They want to stay title at McKinney Boyd. Yeah. Had a cup of coffee in the yeah. neck of the woods out in And, out and in North. Yeah. yeah, and in 2006. So, so, three so, state so, so he's got his own state too. He's got two to his own name, so mm-hmm. he's legit. <laughs> yeah, so then, yes, now I'm just rambling off dominant teams because I don't want to I don't want to leave anyone out. And, you know, because there's so many so many good teams uh, all throughout the, the, the Frisco area in every sport. The Lone Star uh, football team, yeah. they were so dominant. I, th- I really thought they had a state run in, in them this year. Hey, then you have four D1ers that show up that wasn't a team before. It's like, yeah. hey. And it's like, it's saying a lot when you can, you know, take a, a quarterback out and, and, you know, who's at Utah now. They lose their receiver who's at Utah now. And, they, you know, they lose a bunch of guys and then they just put another one in MJ Rivers. Yeah. Another D1 uh, type quarterback. Yeah, you lose Jason Shelley, bring in MJ Rivers. But now they lose MJ Rivers. What are they going to do next year? But that's a whole different discussion for a whole different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me this. The Frisco, Lebanon, the, how do you think they're going to adjust when they get to varsity next year? See, the, that the first year, will next year be the first year to be on varsity? Yeah, in the team sports, yeah. Uh, well, this, well, were, this division being so stacked. It's like, yeah. this is not the one you want to just stick your toe in. This is their first time in 5A with the other Frisco powers. And that's, I'll, I'm like that you brought up Lebanon Trail because their girls golf team was really dominant. They finished second in state in 4A mm-hmm. at, you know, just a few weeks ago, uh, and they breezed through class 4A. And they even, you know, fared well against, you know, all the 5A teams. They In the Frisco Cup or Frisco, whatever they call it, in the earlier in the year, they were competing right there with Liberty, who's a top dog in girls golf. Another team in the running for best pound-for-pound mm-hmm. pound team. You know, they're in the state tournament year in, year out. They were in, again, this year in class 5A. 
Uh, the Lebanon Trail, the, the Lady Trailblazers, you know, they're they're going to be a team to watch, and they're definitely one of the most dominant teams in Frisco this past year. If um, if Memorial and uh, Lebanon Trail need a you know any reason for confidence just in how quickly especially like when it comes to sports like football mm-hmm. as far as how long it'll take before they can get up you know into that level where they're competitive and competing for playoff spots feels like if they need a uh, just anything to take pause and it's uh, looking at the job that Reedy did mm-hmm. this past year in football that was yeah. one of the more impressive stories in Frisco ISD for sure that was something else you know Reedy they won three games um, their very first season mm-hmm. on the gridiron two years ago only one district game and then all of a sudden they win nine games in their <laughs> second ever varsity season you know they didn't have seniors that first year and then all of a sudden you had seniors Seniors to that team, it just made a world of difference. And Reedy, they just you know elevated in every sport. They're not one of those teams, you know, they're having all those growing pains. No, they're good in volleyball. Uh, they're good in girls basketball. Also, they gave Lone Star a little bit of fits uh, some parts of the season. Uh, they finished second or third in that district, top three in that district, which is saying a lot. You know, mm-hmm. second second year in that program. Uh, and then the baseball team, you know, they you know had that nice little playoff run. They won their first ever playoff series against Lake Dallas. Yeah. Uh, so Reedy on the rise. Uh, so. Good signs for Memorial uh, programs like Memorial and Lebanon Trail. You mentioned, um, you know, obviously a lot about the Wakeland girls soccer team and what they were able to accomplish. The boys took a completely different route, though. And I was just kind of thinking back, like in the moment, um, you know, as you were following that team that season, as they went from as they turned a fourth place to finish in district into a uh, you know into a state championship. Did um, how kind of a, from your vantage point, expectation wise, did this feel like a state championship team? When did I guess when did it feel like a state championship? Because surely it wasn't entering the playoffs. That that, uh, you know, when they're sitting in fourth and district, there's had to be some sort of like a, a malaise there. They never felt like a playoff or a championship team until maybe when they beat Prosper in the mm-hmm. first round. But the whole time during the regular season, I was like, man, they took a step back. They lost a bunch of their guys. But, you know, they, the same thing happened to them the year before. They lost a bulk of their guys that, you know, almost won the state title mm-hmm. in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then and they lost in a penalty shootout. They get a new head coach and this and that. And they, you know, come through all all this adversity and win the state title last year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I, I didn't think they were going to be able, be able to do it again this year. And they did. After they beat Prosper, pretty handily at that. Prosper, who won the district 14 yeah, 5 they look good all, all district long, all season long. And then when, once they beat them, and I, off the top of my head, I think they beat Wiley East in the second round. And then I met with them. I met with Coach Holt and, and those guys, and they were just talking about how, yeah, the regular season's just kind of boring to us. <laughs> you know, we, we only gear up for the playoffs. Yeah, and they're Golden State thing. Warriors mentality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they proved yeah, it, though. Yeah. They didn't talk about yeah. it. Yeah. And then so once once I was told that, and you know, and then they won the third round game. Uh, once they beat Centennial, that was you know, hey, we are for real because that was a huge showdown. Wakeland Centennial in the third round. Centennial was ranked fourth in the state at that point, wow. and you know they dominated in the district. They only lost one game, uh, I believe. And then once they beat the Titans, I was like, okay. This team yeah, is because really, really you need the ball to bounce your way. Yeah. Which I can get to on my team. It didn't bounce yeah. away for for my program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, talking about also the guy I forgot his name, the kid that got MVP in the state tournament. The kid came from literally the water boy mm-hmm. to the state MVP. Mark Barbonis, <laughs> man, yeah. So he was on the legit. He was on the team his freshman year, but he was you know a manager, team manager. He was there at state when they won. He got a medal, but he was in jeans, blue jeans, and a t-shirt. Not on the roster. He was on the JV. Two team, not even the JV one. I didn't even know they had J- different JVs. <laughs> I guess that's how good soccer is in the Frisco area. Uh, but he, according to Coach Holt, he was doing really well for the JV two team. They, they, he showed some promise. He was Coach Holt was hoping that he could be you know a, a contributor, you know sooner than later, and that <laughs> came much sooner than anticipated. He was you know one, one of the top goal scorers 
in the district during the regular season. In the playoffs, he scored almost every game. You know, you look at the stat sheet, Mark Probonis. You know, against Prosper, he scored a huge goal against mm-hmm. against the Eagles, and then he wins state tournament MVP just as a sophomore. Wow. So, what a <laughs> Mark Probonis. And a fun fact about him is he played a club game the next morning after winning the state title at 8 a.m. <laughs> yeah, he told me and Kendrick that uh, when we when we did a story over uh, him and uh, Peyton Adams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can segue into my team. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about how they got high and did things. My team of the year for McKinney easily goes to the McKinney Boys Boys Soccer Team. They were number one. They were in the top three in the nation for the last two years. Have not lost a regular season game. Got upset in the first round last year against Southlake in shootouts. So you know they lost. It didn't go as a, like a loss in regulation. Came with all that expectation. Twelve seniors, new coach. All they did is ran the table again. In this in six six A as Mac can attest is, oh, yeah. is a quality soccer. soccer. Yeah, like, you, you, soccer got the, you got teams in the playoffs that didn't make the playoffs that got three or four D warners on their team. That's how deep it is. They ran through um, and once the playoffs started, they started playing their best. Played one of the best games. I happened to be in New York for a UFC, but I, so I missed it. But they played, um, had like a three hour rain delay, and they ended up playing McKinney High in the third round, Clashtown Showdown, to go to the regional tournament, which was a big deal. Wasn't that like the biggest uh, soccer game in McKinney history? Yeah, they said it had like 3,000 to 4,000 people. Wow. There, I think there's only, yeah, the second, the only uh, one other time did two McKinney ISD programs meet in the soccer playoffs at one point. I think it was at North, North, North McKinney, McKinney, McKinney back in like the 90s. Yeah, McKinney or, the mid two thousands, yeah. So they got through that. They get they played the regionals in um, um, Midland. I, I got I make the five hour drive out to out west. It's flat. <laughs> it's boring. Make sure you have a lot of energy because you you can doze off going up going down um, good old twenty going that other way. It's not a good look. <laughs> um, well, they um, beat. Uh, I was one friendship. of the rubber team. Rubber, uh, work for friendship. And like the craziest win game I've ever seen. Like it was a 45 mile win. Like my, my guy from friendship kicks the ball up. It literally swirled around and then went back another 10 yards. Like, it was a punt. It would have been a negative 10 yards on the I football like there field. there were a lot of soccer games like that this year. You <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. I was at, the wind was well, just such a factor. You, especially in the regional tournament mm-hmm. at Standard State. Yeah, this is a regional tournament. Oh my God. whole weekend of this regional tournament. Just weird because you were five hours away from the rest and of the last 45, yeah. a 45 mile win. And then the next day, they ended up winning. They would have Better te- they were a better team in their region. I, and I, I usually don't say like stuff like that lightly, but they played up to their potential. They didn't really do anything wrong. It just the um, they got caught on a, a random play. The win the next it was only thirty four hour the next day against uh, Irving MacArthur, and it tricked the defender and the goalie. And the guy got between them and scored a fluke goal with like yeah. ten minutes left. I felt bad. Like I'm talking about parents, players, everybody was boohooing. Usually I'd be like, it's just a game, but I kind of felt bad like if they get through that game and that doesn't happen they would have won a state title this year especially yeah. looking at what happened in state I, I'm almost 100% mm-hmm. sure I would go to Vegas and y'all know I like to win money in Vegas <laughs> boy would have won state this year yeah I saw Irving play a, uh, a little bit of their match because I was at the state tournament mm-hmm. uh, so I saw them play the following weekend and they weren't as good as boy would no no they played a, a <laughs> they played that game at the star somewhere where there's like no mm-hmm. elements they won that game 9 out of 10 times I'll, I'll put money on that they That's played a team from Houston in the state tournament and got dominated a three to one is yeah. what I'm seeing here, yeah. and I, you know, just kind of writing my game stories, glancing up. I just wasn't too impressed with Irving, so it's yeah. kind of fluky. Fluky. That's that's the thing about just like those crazy weather games that you can just have the unexpected, just kind mm-hmm. of get in the way. Just at the, it really does level the playing field out in a way that the game. Where, mm-hmm. Like you said, if you're playing yeah. indoors, where it's yeah. just you're playing on Neutral. neutral conditions and whatnot. So yeah. And then, um, boy, if you look back to Al- uh, um, Austin Accolades, Chase Coy, that man there. 
um, redemption. A lot of a lot of people have little things and stuff. He took it personal last year that he got beat three times in the shootout by um, Carroll. Shout out to Chase, my man. Mentally fortitude, focus. Did what he had to do. Got to the season. They play Southlake in the first round this year. Go to shootout yeah. again, but this time's that boy. This time they went three one and sent them home. So that was kind of like the springboard to getting them where they want to go. That was probably the most. The second most impressive thing behind. We already know what I'm gonna say. Five ninety nine. When you see Texas right. high school football history, <laughs> and you don't know when it's gonna be broken or if it's gonna be broken, that's like one of those things because you you didn't know like when when you were watching. Even though I think Gaddick had like three hundred yards at halftime, you weren't thinking like I think they're gonna pull him out. Like I didn't think he's gonna get enough. <laughs> but finally, he's kept scoring just enough that they had to keep him in, and then. They're going to be cool with like 550. I don't even think they knew the record. Some kid hit some late on a personal foul, and then they had about two and a half minutes left. It's like, oh, we getting this now. <laughs> and that's how 599 happened. It's, it's like a lot of certain, lot of little things other than Pennelese couldn't stop him that went into 599. People think they just gave him the ball every play. That's not how it yeah. happened. Yeah, just to add some context for those, I'm surely everybody had heard at some point throughout football season that you know the running back for McKinney, Matt Gaddick, set the state's single-game rushing record with 599. Against uh, against Plano East and uh, yeah, I mean you. I mean Matt Gaddick was such a big you know storyline coming into the season because of how much was expected out of him. You know, and uh, in that McKinney senior class in general, but just the the year that he had was just one for the record books. Had two thousand three hundred plus yards mm-hmm. and he missed a game. Technically two games. Mm-hmm. He got hurt on the first carry of the second game and it was a sixty. This is how context everything. How every play legitimately counts. Um, in the five ninety nine game, he became McKinney's all time lead rusher. Then school's 120 years old, so, he's all t- so that was impressive enough. He became in the, in the 599 game, but he had a 60-yard run, 65-yard run, the first or second play against Keller. The guy like throws him down the shoulder. It got called back on a hole, so therefore he got no official carries. He missed the, that game and set up the next game mm-hmm. against Melotha, who had 380 against as a junior. Yeah. So he ended up being missing the um, all-time lead rusher for McKinney ISD by 50 yards. So if that hole doesn't call, he's the all-time lead rusher. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have the state record for most rushing yards in the game. <laughs> this is for the career, though. This is for yeah. the. Now, when like the the buzz in the press box, you know, when, when, like what certain like rushing. Probably you to, like, did, you guys realize, did you guys realize what was happening like yeah. in the moment there? By, by the time when he scored his um, fifth touchdown, was like on a sixty yard. Mm-hmm. It put him by like four eighty. That's like whoa! People start looking up and mm-hmm. stuff, and that's when as that started. And it's like they got to keep him in. They were only up by fourteen points, yeah. so it's like they got to keep him in. So it wasn't like they were milking it on purpose. No, it was the final score. It was a high score game. Yeah, Plano East was scoring pretty pretty oh, effectively yeah. well. This wasn't like a sixty-four to thirteen like style blowout. Sixty-three yeah. fifty. Yeah, so yeah, so well, I was close. I was there. yeah. That, that's why they had to keep him in the game. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they just run up the mm-hmm. score or anything like that. But they were trying actually trying to like I said they were trying to milk the clock mm-hmm. he probably would have finished with about like 550 and this guy hit someone and got a personal foul it's kind of like oh we getting this record now <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like so Plano East kind of set themselves up for that one and um, that was just I mean just a year in general like as far as team accomplishments go I mean what the McKinney football team did I mean being able to make the playoffs oh. out of 6-6-A that was if, 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 no um, small feat yeah if um, Boyd is a team of McKinney ISD the class has to be the class of 2018 for the McKinney High seniors mm-hmm. they went to playoffs in uh, football 
and they uh, hadn't been in like nine years. Girls basketball had one of the best teams in a decade, and they got beat by two-time defending at the time, two-time defending state champion Duncan for about two points. Yep. When if you, there was a point spread in Vegas, it's a good <laughs> double figures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then um, th- their three top players, um, Quincy Noble, um, Kayla Moultrie, and Janai Blackstone all going D1 schools. That's pretty impressive. They were four-year starters, all going to be playing on, on Saturdays next year. And then um, also, too, not to be overlooked is um, the uh, – one of my teams that wouldn't be so many that all run together. What sport do you think? The basketball. Basketball. Oh, yeah, McKinney Boys basketball. Nobody picked these guys. They were picked to finish. They were like maybe win four games in district. And they ended up getting in the playoffs and won a playoff game. And um, surprise, shout out to Coach Watson and, the, and his team for um, finding ways to get it done. And I was telling Matt, there was a guy named Byron Scobie. He had came over from Plano West. He didn't start off at, um, at uh, McKinney. Every time I come to the gym, he's like going Stephen Curry like against Den Guy, number one team in the state. This guy hauls off in head like he was like 0 for three in the first quarter, and then second half he has like six three pointers and it just goes nuts. Like I'm talking about B Murphy get hit in the arm, falling out of bounds, boom, back and making in it. And one three point. Um, I remember EJ Clark the year before, and he was the guy, and then they lost him. They lost 30 points a game. They lost 30 points a game. Number one scorer in the area, and number two in the state. All state players. Nobody knew where this offense Mm -hmm. was going to come from, and it was a a committee where if one person got high, they would feed off of him and ride him, and um, they had good strategies, which ended up getting them in the playoffs, because me and Matt were both at the uh, game. They needed to be playing on senior to get in. And um, Scobie actually was not hot that game, but then they... um, Michael Hartford. I remember Michael Hartford. He, he got real hot in the first and half. He wrote yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, obviously, then um, you know, if we've mentioned the standout moments for Boyd, standout moments for McKinney. Obviously, if we're going to look at McKinney North. That track and field team did uh, had a pretty solid year as well. Kevin Janiah, Janiah, Janiah Martin, Martin, and we got London Colbreth. They London's only a sophomore, going to be a junior. Janiah is going to A and M. It's second year in a row that North stops Renner out of um, um, was going to be heading to A and M as. Coach Richards has formed a program that's been in the top two in the state for three years in a row. That's very hard to do. I agree on a talented classification. And, and, and had they a break, they could have won this year. This year they weren't expected to be within like 20 points of uh, Mansfield Lakeridge. They were within seven of three-peating. So any sport you do in Texas, you know it's hard to three-peat. It could be golf. <laughs> it's hard to three-peat. And uh, props to London Colbreth, who... Dude, guess how many races this lady has ran and she's not lost? How many? Too many. <laughs> 55 UR races she has not lost. So, pound for pound, she's been the most dominant individual athlete in McKinney. She oh, she, yeah. she, she, she legitimately could already claim to be the most decorated um, um, runner in McKinney, and she's still got two more years. Right. Like, she said, stay rec- she's the state record holder in the. The 3200, and it's, that's any classification, and she's a state record holder for cross country. And the only, and the only one she's missing right now, which she's gunning for this year, she told me two weeks ago, is the mile. She only ran a 450, and from the record, it's a 448. What are those? <laughs> what are those UIL record books going to look like in two years when she's when she's done? If they if they space yeah. it out, I don't know how they did this year. She had to do the 32 and the 1600 same day, so that kind of like oh she had to conserve energy. But last year when she ran in separate days, if they do that, it, it, it's this year over. it's game over. She's getting both of them. Oh, is there anything else you wanted to add for McKinney? Um, North, they went yep. to playoffs in softball. 
course, the track team dominated. Boys and girls basketball, not to overlook them. Nine years in a row getting the playoffs, both programs. They take pride in getting the playoffs. Even though they were one and done, you got you can't you can't win if you don't be in the dance. Like they're in the dance every year. And then McKinney North football, first football team since 2014 in McKinney to win a playoff game. Hats off to Coach Fetchy now. They really came up against against Highland Park, who be everybody. It's no shame in losing them. But they'll be back this year with a nice supporting cast. They find a way to get it done over there in North. Yeah, so that's a look at the uh, the athletics years for uh, McKinney and for Frisco. Um, we've got one more. Uh, again, I got some thoughts on just the year that Allen had in a few moments. We will pick that up in a moment after a word from this sponsor. Today's Student Athlete Spotlight is brought to you by Bavarian Grill, authentic Bavarian food and beer garden. Listed by the Zagat Survey as the highest rated German restaurant in Texas for 12 years in a row. 12 years! That's three presidential terms. Uh, you can enjoy traditional and authentic spring favorites now. Everything from appetizers like slow-roasted ham hock and potato pancakes to entrees like bratwurst or breaded schnitzel. Uh, bring your whole family for lunch and dinner. They are open Tuesday through Saturday located off Parker and Highway 75 in Plano, Bavarian Grill. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And we're going to round out this uh, this year in review podcast with a look at uh, Allen. What uh, gee, what happened in Allen this year? Let me see. Not much, right? Oh, no. It's <laughs> just a little old town out in the middle of nowhere just trying to get by best it can. Um, Allen had, I mean, probably pound for pound, maybe its best athletics year ever in, in 2017-18. And, I mean, it's, uh, you know, just you look just on the uh, on a sheer tail of the tape <laughs> standpoint. Um, they made the playoffs in, in all eight of the, uh, you know, of the, of the bracket sports, uh, so to speak. Um, they won three team state championships. They won district titles in football, girls soccer, baseball, and then in the, uh, you know, some of the more solo sports, they won district titles um, in, uh, you know, boys swimming, girls swimming, wrestling, boys track. Um, I mean, Allen just had, I mean, just pound for pound, a um, just a, a just a banner year, start to finish across all sports. Um, obviously, just going to look at just the uh, you know the the, st- the team you know state champions and whatnot that emerged from this past school year. Um, you know they won team championships in football, boys basketball, and wrestling. Um, two of those you know might be a bit more you know a bit more familiar um, you know to mo- you know to most of y'all. You know the football team obviously uh, you know is, is well known and recognizable a football program as any in the country. They won their fifth state championship. They're on their first of the post Kyler Murray. Uh, <laughs> Allen Eagles. Um, you know, they had a... Uh, I would say you'd be in Germany with 42 and 0. That can't be tough. No, no, yeah. That's the only one. Three straight with him. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> this is the first post-Kyler championship. Um, they did so on the strength of a uh, another 16 and 0 season. Their third uh, their third undefeated year over the past five years. Um, dating all the way back to when the uh, that gaudy uh, that gaudy winning streak began back in 2012. Allen has, um, has now, you know, as of the end of last season, they've won. They're on a run where they've won 87 out of 89 games in the UIL's largest classification playing against some of the some of the top pound for pound programs not just in the state but the country I've said it before I'll say it again I mean no matter who you are that is objectively incredible to be able to just maintain that level of consistency against the kind of competition that they see and this year was no different I mean they had a they had a very difficult playoff campaign against teams against you know playoff matchups against the likes of Hebron um, you know Arlington Martin Euless Trinity even I mean South Grand Prairie gave them maybe as good a game as anyone did during the playoffs, but then you had, um, you know, Round Rock Cedar Ridge. I mean, Lake Travis. I mean, if you're just talking about just some of the, you know, two of the most decorated. You know, saw the South Grand Prairie game. That was way closer than people realized. Oh yeah, realize. that was a, uh, yeah, that was a, they, they that was a tie game in the fourth. 
quarter. <laughs> and they could have easily been down 14-0 at halftime. Now, don't they always meet with South Grand Prairie in yeah. the second? Or but they had a controversial call that me and Matt saw that. It looked like it was a touchdown for South Grand Prairie, mm-hmm. but there's no review. Until now. <laughs> because well, it, won't, of that it won't be in the second round, though. It'll be only at the state. Oh, we're going to see championship okay. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, actually, you know, I, I mean, I, I saw, you know, the majority of Allen's games last season, but because, um, you know, they decided to schedule the state championships during the, like, right next to Christmas, I was actually in, <laughs> I was actually in California visiting my mom for the holidays, so I didn't get to see the biggest game of the year for Allen. We had we had Tim Glaze out there covering that. I had to watch it on uh, on um, one of my one of our freelance He's photographers. Um, actually, I watched it on one of our How freelance. Fox Sports go? One of our freelance photographers, his Sling TV, or was it Sling TV, or one of those? Uh, what's the what's the thing you can? It's one of those apps. Mm-hmm. Whatever, I forget the, exactly what it's called. But I had to watch it through his uh, his subscription there on my on my laptop out in California. So I did get to see the game at least. I mean, just a, a wild game. I mean, there's always going to be a fascinating what if on just um, what happens if Lake Travis's quarterback doesn't get injured in the first snap of the game um, because it was like Allen got up big and then Lake Travis rallies back and takes a lead there in the second half and it's just back and forth, back and forth and. Allen ends up pulling out a 35 to 33 victory. Um, yeah, for their fifth state championship. It was, I mean, it was a spectacular team. I mean, a team that really built its identity on the run game. I mean, Brockster just had pound for pound probably the best year an Allen running back has ever had. Second behind a Magnetic in this in the DFW area. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, their defense was just, I mean, lights out. I mean, that's, I mean, that's. I mean, Corey Kane's as good a defensive coordinator as the, as there is in the state, and they just continue to churn out just excellent units year after year. I mean, they had some injury problems at linebacker that they were able to work through, and. Um, I mean, yeah, it was a it was a quality quality team. Certainly up there with the uh, with the best that program has ever uh, ever uh, you know uh, put on the field. Um, with the wrestling program, I mean, it is just I mean, it is just death taxes and Allen wrestling winning state championships in dominant <laughs> dominant fashion. They won their ninth consecutive state title this year. I mean, you can make a case that pound for pound, the most dominant athletics program in the state of Texas is Allen Wrestling. And that, I mean, that not just present day, but I mean, at some point, I mean, I need to d- dig back through and just see what kind of historical context there is mm-hmm. to this run that the Eagles are on. Because it's not just it's not just that they're winning state, state titles every year, it's that they, I mean, they just do so in, to where it's not even a contest. They more than doubled up the point total of the second place yeah. team at State. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just, they, they just rewrite the record books every year for things like most points accrued at the state meet, largest margin of victory at the state meet. They had, I mean, this year was just uh, what makes them so dominant. Other than they, um, I mean, they do a good job of getting their uh, getting their kids in that program at a young age, and they develop them to where once they yeah, once they hit the uh, hit the high school mats, they're um they're all primed and ready to go. It's definitely, I mean, it is a you know, feeder system in the in the truest sense. Um, they had uh, seven uh, seven wrestlers win state titles this year. They had uh, state championships for Braden Redlin, Alex Lyles, Juwan Robinson, AJ Ferrari. Awesome name, uh, Braxton Brown, Logan Brown, and Trent Dooley. The uh, the notable accolade within there is that uh, Braden Redlin and Alex Lyles they went four for four on state championships in all four years of high school. They won state, and that was actually uh, the first time in UIL history that a male and female wrestler have won four consecutive state championships from the same school at the same time. So wow. some nice rarefied air for uh, for those two. Um, you know, was whereas you know football and wrestling have become. I mean, you expect Allen wrestling to you know to win. State, um, you expect the football team, you know, to win state. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boys' basketball team, though, that was definitely a, a surprise, and probably of the teams that I covered, <laughs> um, you know, on the Allen side, definitely one that I had a. It was a fun team to cover. What they, about that theory? About you see a team three times? Yeah, as I, I said it <laughs> all. Yeah, I, I, I was just talking. I said if they see Guy yeah. again, they're gonna. I told Matt like in the regular mm-hmm. season, they see Guy again, it's not gonna work out yeah. for Guy. It's hard to be a team three times in yeah. high school basketball. If, if they there, saw him a third time. Mm-hmm. If there's a shot clock. 
in high school basketball. They don't win. Yeah. It doesn't even come close to winning that game, right? No. Probably not. No. That's the thing, yeah. Because the entire team is pretty loaded. Like, I'll be yeah. shocked if they don't get to at least the state tournament this year. Mm. All those losers are coming back. But mm. Allen did what they had to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they learned from their losses, though. Hats out to that coaching staff. Mm. They're like, first time they try to run with them, they, then it ain't going to work out for us. Then they try to hatch play up and down tempo. Mm. That didn't work out. So then it gets go number three. They decided to yeah, they unveiled that uh, head coach Jeff McCullough kind of unveiled the the game plan to kind of slow the game down. Um, you know, I guess I think it might have been in the, in the hotel room like oh. the day of the game. Oh, you made that. That's what, that's what oh yeah, it was, just, it was very it was just a few hours before the game when they, uh, they he got the you know the their starting five together, their captains and just you know this is what you know what I you know what I think we should do and they decided to buy in and I mean it's because that's I mean that's a a a tough contrast. It, it's tough to get that to work because a like Allen's not comfortable playing that way, but I mean your margin for error is so slim because that game was like a two to three possession game the entire way just because you know the uh, yeah. the possessions were so you know were so uh, low that you're not going to get a uh, so I mean you can't really make a mistake because you're just waiting for that run by Geyer and it almost happened there in the fourth quarter. Jalen Wilson got hot and you know he was able to bring him within you know within a uh, you know I think it was like three four points at one point. But um, Allen held on. I mean, this was a uh, yeah, this Allen team was just a blast to watch. Just for I mean, just as an objective basketball fan, I mean, be- balance, depth, high IQ. They're versatile. They could play a bunch of different styles. Um, they weren't ever relying on any one particular player. They probably themselves all year, and that any one of their starting five could score, ways to win. Yeah, could score twenty a game, and it was I mean, just a, a fun team to watch. Like we just alluded to, they beat a murderer's row of teams, especially as they got deeper into the playoffs. Even McKinney, McKinney, quote unquote, upset them and Allen. Yeah, and they looked at the tape and like this ain't happening. And when they came over to McKinney, they like, we know how to win. We're not going to let that happen. Yeah. But the, the, you saw them in State. Did they play off that confidence? Because we know Geyer, pound for pound, is one of the best teams in the nation. They, you could definitely see their uh, their, de- their depth shine through. Because not only did they, uh, you know, for folks who didn't follow high school basketball, Denton Geyer was, you know, number one ranked in the state um, all the way through all the regular years. season. That they have <laughs> they almost was wire to wire. What I mean, what four kids that are like high level Division I mean, one were, recruits, including yeah. you know a couple of them, Davion Harmon, Jalen Wilson, who are like the best in the country. Yeah, level and, and they're all coming back next year. Well, yeah. three, of, three of the four coming back next mm-hmm. year. And then, um, then they went to, uh, when they got to the state semifinals, they drew Austin Westlake, who was the number two ranked team in the state. And if Geyer wasn't the most talented team in Texas, Westlake was number two because they had four kids who were like high-level D1 studs. And um, that was the game that was kind of wore on. Like, Allen, you could really see that, I mean, well, first off, Allen didn't, uh, you know, they, it, it wasn't anywhere near like what they did against Geyer. They, they took it. They played normal style. They tried to, yeah, they tried to use their depth to collectively wear them down, you know, and just bank on, you know, Geyer, I mean, Westlake had the, you know, the real top-end star power in their roster, but once you got into their bench a bit more, once you got into the second half, you could really see the depth advantage between these two teams really take shape. And Allen ended up winning that game in pretty convincing fashion, far more convincing fashion than against, uh, you know, than against Geyer. But then, um, I mean, then you had uh, that just contrasting with, uh, you know, a team in Katie Tompkins who they saw in the uh, in the state final. Who I believe Tompkins was only like set, like number seventeen ranked in the state at the time. I you know, say Katie Tompkins is like kind of like a very new, not like very new, but like they went in five years. It was, they were like them and Allen. The reason, like, because that game went to overtime. Allen ended up winning state in overtime, you know, 49-47 in the game that, you know, when you look at kind of what they were able to exploit, you know, within, you know, against 
Geyer and Westlake. Well, Tompkins had a roster that was much, you know, much more comparable to Allen's from a stylistic standpoint. A lot of <laughs> athletes who were pretty similar physically. So trying to like impose their style of play was a little bit tougher against a team that could do a lot of the things that Allen normally thrives at. And Allen being battle battle tested. Oh yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, and then you, but then that I mean that set up probably the maybe the defining sequence. You know, I'm going to look back at 2017-18 athletics for Allen. It's going to be that last moment of overtime in that state title game where you have um, it is a tie game 47-47 uh, Tompkins has the ball they're you know they're going for the win um, they take the shot you know a little prematurely you know Jalen Scott with Allen was able to uh, make a nice contest on a uh, on an off balance you know floater by uh, Jamal Bianemi of Tompkins and then Jalen Walker gets the rebound and then at that time, uh, Donovan Parham and Isaiah Stevens for Allen have already started sprinting up the court. Like, so Walker gets the rebound and just has the presence of mind. You're thinking that moment, like, because there was about, you know, like five seconds mm-hmm. left or so. So you're thinking maybe call a timeout, just you know, drop a play. But no, he gets, they get the rebound. He has the presence of mind to look up court and then just heaves an outlet pass up the floor to, uh, to Donovan Parham, who again, streaking wide open down the floor. And they stroll in for the effort layup with, uh, with 1.1 seconds left in overtime to give Allen the two-point tweeted out a video of this, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why I, I saw it first. Yeah. How crazy was that celebration? It was, well, just be, I've never seen because. a, ba- I've never seen a basketball game end that way, period, to where you have that big a, because uh, you're just thinking at that point, like, if Allen can just get a stop here that you're playing for overtime, mm-hmm. and then when you see the ball, like, when you, because we're all just, like, watching the ball, and just watching to see what happens there, so when Walker throws that pass, and everybody looks up and sees how wide open Donovan Parham is, and like, oh my, like, oh my God, Katie Tompkins doesn't have anybody back. Allen's going to literally stroll right in and potentially walk off and win a state championship. Donovan Parham, and also that's just a cool story too because he's kind of one of the unsung heroes on that team. <laughs> he was their backup point guard, known for his defense primarily. So him getting to that's, that's why he was on the court. Yeah, so him getting to make the uh, you know the biggest shot in the history of Allen Boys basketball, a very very cool subplot. So yeah, he strolls in for the layup with 1.1 seconds left, um, and then there was like I think like four timeouts that were called in between that <laughs> and, the, and the last <laughs> and the last possession, whereas uh, Tompkins tried to you know tried to keep it down, and get one last shot off, and um, but yeah. Allen won, uh, won its first ever state title in boys basketball and a, uh, just a, a fun team to cover top to bottom. Um, yeah, just a uh, strong, strong year for the Eagles on the, uh, on the basketball court. Um, some other notable uh, occurrences from this past, uh, this past year for Allen Athletics. The tennis team snapped, uh, snapped Plano West's 144 match district winning streak in tennis. Um, there was a, a, a crazy match that, um, you know, back in, I want to say it was like either early September, late August. It was a match that lasted seven hours. They actually had to switch venues because the uh, the last match went on for so long at Plano West, the lights on the tennis courts were on a timer and they shut off oh and there's no way to get it back on, so they had to go to Lifetime Fitness <laughs> to continue <laughs> To continue the uh, to continue that final match, and then um, Allen was able to come away with the victory there. Um, the tennis team wound up advancing to the regional finals that year. You also had him um, in swimming. Um, Allen's Jason Park won the first uh, the first gold medal for the uh, you know for the boys swim team since two thousand and. Uh, 2001. I have 11 on my notes. It's actually 2001. Um, and this was a crazy race too. In this, uh, it was in the 100 bra- uh, backstroke. Two, um, let's see, yeah, two uh, two swimmers broke the 6A state record. Jason Park and Shane Casas. So two two athletes broke the state record and. Jason Parks just happened to be what was it like three three thousandths of a second yeah, faster? Not, so that's that's gotta be a debate. Imagine like, that yeah. you said you set a state record and you finished second. And you finished second. Like you at your personal best. So it took the best time ever in Class Six A to win that race, and even then, setting the state record wasn't enough wow. 
to win the state title. So a, a great year for Jason Park, who'd been right on the cusp of winning that state title for uh, for a while. Was able to follow through on that as a uh, what grade is he? as a as a senior. So it was his last. It was his last race. So what a uh, what a better way to go out than that. Um, you had the girls' soccer team advancing to the uh, to the regional finals, having one of their best years in program history. On uh, track, Tosin Alau won silver at the uh, state at the uh, state meet in the triple jump. Uh, the softball team that was a cool story. Softball team clinching its first playoff berth since 2005. Um, in a you know wild, I was at this last game. It was on the uh, final game of the regular season in a wild walk off win against Wiley, um, where they needed to win that game. Otherwise, Plano East would have got that last playoff spot. That was probably, I would say, um, in excluding teams that have won state championships, that's probably as happy a team as I've ever seen after clinching a playoff <laughs> spot. I mean, the emotions were. It was an emotional mm-hmm. post, uh, you know, post game for uh, you know for those girls who, like I said, I mean, snapping a 13 year playoff draft to do it in the district like 66A. Um, that Every was game a, counts. Yeah, that was a uh, an impressive, impressive year for the uh, for the Lady Eagles. And then obviously not to leave out Lovejoy. You know, Lovejoy was doing some great things over at, over in Class 5A. Um, the big thing with Lovejoy this year that really stuck out was just the resilience of some of their uh, their boys' athletics teams, which just had a knack for uh, a floor for the dramatic, so to speak. You had the football team, which, as we mentioned, they started off the year 0-5, finished the year 5-5, and and made the playoffs. They advanced to the second round. That's why for some pigs. Maybe they can take some L's in the pick them. Yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't sound bitter at all about that, Brian. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> the, um, you had the boys' basketball team for Lovejoy, which made the playoffs in a playing game against uh, West Mesquite, a West Mesquite team that actually had defeated them just a few days earlier to force that playing game. Um, Lovejoy was able to win that playing game, get the four- last playoff spot in uh, 15-5A. And then you had the baseball team, which swept Royce City during the final week of the uh, regular season to rally and clinch a, uh, clinch a playoff spot. Then you had the teams that you know were a bit more authoritative. You know, you have volleyball, another great year for volleyball. One district went to the regional finals. Uh, the boys' soccer team won uh, won their district as well and went to the regional quarterfinals. Uh, cross country, adding some more hardware to that trophy case. They repeated the state champions, the third time in 10 years that Lovejoy's boys' cross country team has won a state title. And then you had Grace Ridgeway, who medaled once again in state track. She got third in the pole vault. So, whew. That's what happened. <laughs> That's what happened in Allen, 2017-18. That's a mouthful. So um, you should you should just do a top five in Allen. It's yeah. It's, <laughs> there's never a dull moment covering uh, athletics in Allen and Plano, for that matter. So yeah, just they look at 2017-18 for uh, not just Allen, but for Frisco, for McKinney, and that'll just about do it for this edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. We got four more markets that we're going to hammer out next uh, next Monday in our last year in review podcast. Um, hey, once again, folks, this has been Matt Welch, Star Local Media, Brian Kendrick. Appreciate you all for tagging along. Folks, y'all enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk to y'all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.